0: welcome to the fit and fulfilled podcast my name is kushbu and i am your host i am a nutritionist life coach and founder of the wellness consulting business K Way. on this podcast we chat all things physical mental emotional and spiritual health to ensure you thrive from the inside out in order to create a more joyous and fulfilling life grab a cup of coffee a bottle of kombucha or a glass of wine and let's chat Welcome back to another episode of the Fit and Fulfilled podcast. I loved hearing your guys' feedback on my last episode on temporarily cutting out sugar from my diet, especially as today's episode is a continuation on that. It's crazy when you stop and think how everything in our lives is interconnected. A seemingly irrelevant choice undoubtedly impacts so many other areas of our life, which is why it's so imperative to sometimes zoom out. And adopt a more macro approach to our well being. We get so caught up in the nitty gritty, but the more we're able to look at it from a macro perspective, the easier and more sustainable our choices are going to be. And so last week, I talked about what I've gained from cutting out sugar. Aside from obviously benefiting my physical well being, this conscious tweak to my diet has naturally helped me build various character traits, such as my level of discipline and willingness to come out of my comfort zone. And today I wanted to talk about the actual process and how I've gone about doing so. And more importantly, how cutting out sugar has seemed pretty effortless. Like I said, I've always been the, I need to end on something sweet girl. And the last month has been an amazing reminder of how we hold on to so many stories, which oftentimes are no longer even valid. Instead, they just become our autopilot way of thinking, which ultimately shapes our behaviors and results. When we start to really pay attention and ask ourselves whether the story we're telling ourselves is even true and in line with our goals and who we want to be, we naturally empower ourselves to course correct as necessary. Just take a second right now and think about the various stories that you tell yourself on a daily basis. It might be something along the lines of, I'll never be able to lose weight. Making money is so hard. I have no discipline when I'm out. All the great guys are taking, taken. This is just my karma. I'm just not a morning person. Now ask yourself, how is this story affecting my behavior? Is it serving me and in line with who I want to be and the life I want to create for myself? And if the answer is no, guess what? You can always tell yourself a new story. These narratives are what are essentially forcing you to stay put, not the fact that you don't have the potential to achieve your goals and manifest your greatest desires. Like I said in my earlier episode, I'm by no means encouraging you to cut out refined sugar now, and nor will this be something I do forever. This is just what's really working for me now and so on so many levels and allowing me to feel my best. And that's what it's all about and so I'm going to keep at it until I have a reason or desire to choose otherwise. And it's funny, because when I tell people I'm currently not eating sugar, they tend to be shocked, such as, oh my God, isn't that so hard? How are you managing? To be honest, it's been a piece of cake for the most part. Pun always intended. (laughs) But no, if you know me at all, you know I'd love a cheeky pun. But in the midst of self-reflection, I outlined a few reasons why it's been pretty easy and wanted to share them with you. Regardless of what your goals are and what what your way of eating looks like, these tips pretty much hold true across the board. And when it comes to cultivating new habits and getting rid of habits which aren't really serving us. And when we can start to be more intentional about how we go about whatever we want to turn into a habit, it naturally facilitates the whole process. So here goes. The first conscious change I made to my diet to help with the sugar cravings was really paying attention to my meals and making sure they are well balanced. It's one thing to eat a healthy diet, but it's completely different to ensure they have the right balance of lean protein, healthy fats, and fiber. This is primarily because of the effect these nutrients have on managing our blood sugar levels and preventing spikes followed by crashes. And by ensuring I'm eating each meal and Balancing it out, I naturally keep my blood sugar levels stable. And as a result, my energy levels stay high while I also am able to minimize the onset of hunger, sugar cravings, and mood swings. And also, more than just even eating the right balance of nutrients, making sure I'm eating enough calories at every meal, especially when you eat a healthy diet or you're, let's say you are trying to watch your calories. It's very easy to eat too little because a lot of um, healthy foods tend to be high in fiber, which fill you up quite quickly. But here's the thing is that if you're not eating enough calories, whether that's intentional or not, your body is going to be starved of energy. And when it's starved for energy, it communicates that to us in the form of sugar cravings, because sugar is the quickest form of energy. So making sure I'm eating the right balance, but also the right amount of calories that my body requires. And tell me, Tell me I'm not the only one who loves to have a few squares of chocolate after a meal. When I reflect back, a lot of times it was purely out of habit rather than me actually wanting it. It had become the norm to reach for a few squares of lint once I put, put my dishes away. Side note, if you are a dark chocolate fan, you have got to try the Lint Dark with Honeycomb. A close friend of mine introduced it to me a month or so back, and it is such a game changer. It tastes more like a refined version of a crunchy bar. I remember growing up, my not-so-guilty pleasure was a McFlurry ice cream from McDonald's topped with crunchy. I say not-so-guilty because it was probably a lie. It was a weekly occurrence, and that version of me felt no guilt. Anyways, going back to what I was saying, I started replacing that chocolate habit with a cup of peppermint tea, which actually worked twofold. In doing so, I was replacing one habit with another habit. And the process, creating new neural pathways in my brain to associate the ending of a meal with a desire to reach for a cup of tea rather than the bar of chocolate. Obviously, it's a gradual process, but that's the cool thing about our brains. Every time we engage in a new behavior or thought, we create a new neural pathway. You do it long enough and it naturally becomes your new autopilot way of being. Another reason why the post-meal cup of peppermint tea helps is because oftentimes those sweet cravings after a meal are more a case of our taste buds wanting a palate cleanser rather than actually needing something sweet. Another key action that helped facilitate cutting out refined sugar was stocking up on essentials to reach for if and when the urge for something sweet kicks in. For me, that has mainly included frozen fruit and Greek yogurt, especially with the current heat wave in London. I say current heat wave, but today it is pouring, but nonetheless, for the most part, there is a heat wave going on. I can't get enough of frozen blueberries, frozen cherries, and frozen bananas. They almost taste like sorbet bites, and given the banana's naturally creamy texture, basically tastes like banana ice cream. I'm not personally too big on mangoes, but if you are, the texture of frozen mango also tends to be naturally very creamy. But anyways, also another thing that's helped is having nut butters at home, given their naturally sweet flavor. Another favorite that has helped me with the occasional chocolate craving has been this product called Chalk Shot, and the brand is Sweet Freedom. It's basically 100% natural chocolate syrup, which is sweetened naturally. I have the bottle in front of me and the ingredients are natural fruit extracts, including carob and apple, cocoa, water, rapeseed oil, and natural flavor. Not too shabby, especially as each teaspoon only contains 13 calories and 2.2 grams of natural sugar. If you're in the UK, I highly recommend it. And as crazy as it sounds, it pretty much tastes like a Hershey's chocolate syrup without all the dodgy ingredients and sugar. So whether it's the frozen fruit, yogurt, nut butters, or chocolate shot, essentially it all boils down to crowding out the habit you're trying to eradicate, which is a method we can use with just about anything. Our brains are wired to respond more favorably to additions rather than subtractions. In other words, it's way more effective to add in new foods rather than focus on removing foods. With the latter, the minute you try and remove a food from your diet, it's all your brain can focus on. If you ever try to give up bread, for example, chances are all you find yourself thinking about is bread. But when you focus on adding in a new food or habit, you naturally crowd out those foods and habits which aren't really serving you. And this can also be quite useful in relationships. We all have people in our lives who drain us and it would be unreasonable to completely cut them out, especially when they're related to you or family who will always be in your life, whether or not you want them to be. Fortunately, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, and there's no need for a dramatic announcement or parting of the ways. Simply make plans that's, make plans with people or surround yourself with people who have a positive impact on your life, and there'll naturally be less time for what may be a toxic conversation or a meaningless night out. In effect, you naturally cre- crowd out the effect such people have in your life by adding in more uplifting and positive people into your life. So like I was saying, everything is related in our life and these tips, you can apply them across the board. Another huge factor which helped with cutting out refined sugar temporarily is the fact that I'm actually doing it with two of my best friends. The accountability factor that comes from knowing that I set an intention with them naturally makes me want to keep going as it feels like we're in this together. Obviously it wouldn't be the case, but part of me feels like if I do reach for chocolate, I'd be letting them down. But like I said, that's not the case at all. And I remember two weeks ago, I had my first real craving, and I was so tempted to reach for a slice of coffee cake. I looked at my best friend, who, thank goodness, was with me. Anyways, I looked, I looked at her, and I told her, I'm like, screw this. I might just have cake today and get back on it tomorrow. She literally replied something along the lines of, don't do it. You're going to regret it tomorrow. You've anyways tried this cake so many times in the past, so it's nothing new. And just that split second of mindfulness and support helped me just walk away from the dessert area. And Lord knows, I was so relieved for her words the next morning. I know a lot of times wouldn't we shy away from asking for support, but here's the thing, we're not meant to be doing life alone. And the more we can lean onto the support of those around us, the easier it's going to be to move forward. I remember when I was going through my fat loss phase It was so crucial for me to be vocal about what my goals were and actually ask for my close people to have my back. And so whether it was making sure the restaurant we were going to offered suitable options or them asking if I wanted them to cook anything in particular when I was going over to their place or even my mom weighing out my meals, I hand on heart know that I would not have been able to lose 35 kilos solely on my own. And with any goal, not just diet related, I can't stress the importance of holding yourself accountable and enrolling support as necessary, whether it's in the form of one person or multiple. No matter how motivated we are at the start, eventually motivation dwindles. And when that happens, we need people in our corner to cheer us on and remind us what we are doing and why, whether that's in the form of a friend, a relative, or a coach. And as much as we tend to feel shy to tell people what we're doing or ask for help, most of the time, people are more than happy to offer support when necessary. They just need to be made aware. And my final point, which has made this whole process of cutting out sugar somewhat seamless, was setting short-term goals. By the time this episode is out, it would have been a full month of no refined sugar, which is a pretty decent amount. Had I started off with the intention to cut it out for a whole month, I probably would never have embarked on it. Instead, I set weekly goals, and over time, those seven days continue to add up. One of the biggest ways in which we block ourselves from taking action is setting out too big too fast. When our goals are fairly large and feel too big of a leap out of our comfort zone, it can be really daunting and actually push push us into a state of inaction. While setting big goals is crucial, we need to chunk them down into more actionable and achievable steps if we're actually gonna move towards them. Over time, those short-term goals add up to help you achieve your bigger goal. This is even quite relevant for fat loss. When you have to lose something like 20 kilos, it's much easier to put it off or not try it all because it seems like a never-ending feat. But when you can break it down and focus on losing, say, just two kilos a month ahead, and then another two, and then another two. 12 months later, you're 24 kilos down. While it might not sound as sexy as losing, say, 40 kilos in a year, it sure beats losing zero kilos, which would otherwise be the case if you didn't embark on your journey at all. So there you have it. These are the six key reasons I've been able to seamlessly cut out refined sugar from my diet. And one that I actually realized I haven't mentioned, but is probably the most important of all is being crystal clear of my why before I started. In other words, why I want to stay clear of refined sugar for the time being. So often we set goals without enough emotional attachment to them. The more we can outline our why for embarking on our journey, the more likely we're going to follow through. When it becomes hard and you want to revert back to your old ways, having your why in front of you will remind you of your reasons for starting and also motivate you to keep going. That's also why it's important to tailor your goals based on what you need in the moment rather than just do something for the heck of it or because others are doing it or you feel like you should be doing it too. If you aren't emotionally invested and attached to your goal, You're going to find yourself swayed far too easily. More than the sugar aspect of this episode, I hope this episode has been a good reminder that regardless of what your goal is, it's not enough to just set it. In order to successfully achieve your goal, or heck, not even achieve your goal, smash your goal and make the whole journey easier and more enjoyable, you need to take it one step further and actually create action steps for how you're going to follow through. As cheesy as it sounds, one of my favorite quotes is, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. In other words, you need to create a blueprint for yourself. Along with setting a game plan, it's also useful to note down potential obstacles you might face and solutions to help you overcome them beforehand. We all have goals that we want to achieve for ourselves, be it big or small. Rather than you know will to do them one day or put them off for another time we owe it to ourselves to follow through and achieve our desired outcomes and that too as soon as possible thank you so much for listening to the fit and Fulfill podcast if you have an extra minute i'd so appreciate if you could head over to itunes and leave this podcast a five-star review in doing so it helps other people receive this message